Have you thought about becoming a career coach, but not sure what it's really like? Not sure how to get started? Well, we've got you covered. Let's drop into this week's conversation of how to become a career coach. Hey, welcome to How to Become a Career Coach. We're back today with even another story for how our next guest became a career coach and some of the things that she's absolutely both enjoyed and have drawn her to this type of profession, this type of interaction, this type of experience that she continually gets to have working with people making career changes. So welcome to the podcast, Allison Kerbo. How are you doing? I'm great, Scott. Thanks for having me here. Absolutely. We got to chat a little bit before we turned on the record button and I was really excited because you were describing some of the interactions that you'd had with people that you get to coach now. And I want to talk about that. But I'm really curious before we even get into that, what what do you feel like really prompted you to make the decision in the first place to become a career coach? It is my socially acceptable excuse to be me, basically. I love it. What does that mean? It means that I defined what I couldn't stop doing, and those things were not normal workplace conversations. (laughs) What's an example of that? For example, I couldn't stop asking people if they like their job and then continuing the conversation to say, oh, well, do you like it? Is that what you always wanted to be doing? And does it come naturally to you? Things that most people kind of blow off, I dig into which can be kind of invasive and creepy if I'm, if I'm not a coach. <laughs> so in the right context, you can take what could be invasive and creepy and turn it into something that is uh, useful and valued and uh, even enjoyable. So that, that's really interesting, just that context shift. Were there signs way back when and by the way, I'm curious, you know, share a little bit with how you got to this point in the first place. It sounds like you know, somewhere along the way you had an idea of, hey, here's what I can't stop doing. But what did your career journey look like prior to becoming a career coach? And what led up to this realization of, I want to take these things that could be invasive and be able to do them for a living or at least do them in a way that really, really helps. Well, my background was opposite of a career coach. My background was scattered, extensive between industries. And basically, I was the poster child for someone who desperately needed coaching. And I was in oil and gas industry. I was in sales industry. And I was in home construction and welding and procurement all over the board. And it drove me crazy. And so I needed to find a way to connect everything that I liked into one thing because there were some things that I liked about each job, but then eventually the things that drove me crazy outweighed the things that I liked. So I said, enough of this. I need to figure out finally what I want to be when I grow up. So I signed up for coaching and it brought to the surface everything that I liked to do socially within my jobs and then made it my job instead of putting together patterns of different tasks to find out, oh, what type of role I want. 
I put together the social things that made me a social career coach. That's interesting. So when you say a social career coach, what do you mean by that? I mean, I get to be paid to have conversations and talk to people. Mm, And that's where you get some of the things that are positive that you need, it sounds like, from a social perspective. Is that right? Right. Because my number one driving goal, my overall definition of success is helping other people succeed which requires talking to them and getting down to the root of what's going on and what they want. And then, and then I love challenging them and moving them forward. And turns out that's what makes up a career coach in terms of what I want to be. That's very cool. And I feel really lucky that we got to play a part in that when you went and you looked for coaching and that's where we got to meet you and be able to sit front row in some ways as we saw you take this journey. So that's been really super cool. But here's here's one of the questions that I have. You know, as you went through that, my understanding is you didn't go into coaching really wanting to be a career coach. You went into coaching looking for how do I put the things that you the scattered things that you mentioned earlier together in a cohesive way that is really good for you. Is that is that right? And if so, how did that look? That is exactly right. I had no idea what or who I wanted to be after. And the biggest thing was I didn't even know it would require me to decide who I want to be. That sounds really profound. So what do you mean when you say, I didn't even know who I, I, that it would require me to decide who I want to be? Because I, I felt so lost whenever I would try to shift to a different direction, it would be like, I would just like close my eyes. And if I could control a compass, I would flick the little dial and follow wherever it ended up. I didn't have any idea of where North was for my true North. And so I was just blindly walking along and I didn't realize that I had to decide within myself what kind of life I wanted. I figure I would just analyze my skills and analyze what I was naturally good at and put it in a machine and then it would spit out an answer. I didn't know that it would require deep digging and to gain a really strong filter of self-awareness. What was surprising to you in that journey about the deep digging and self-awareness? Because it sounds like you didn't know that that would be required, if you will. However, I'm curious what what was the really surprising elements or what uh, what you didn't expect about that? The first really surprising part was that I didn't realize how much I was following other people's perceptions of what I should do. And turns out that almost every career decision was dictated by someone saying what I should do. And I had to consciously do a lot of mental and emotional rebuilding and make myself become aware of myself, basically. What do you think gave you the confidence to say, yeah, I want to become a career coach, especially when you went into, and and just for a little bit of context, we have a program that happened to your career, uh, our company that's called Career Change Bootcamp. And that's, that's the program where we got to meet you and been able to interact with you. And that's where for listeners, 
that you got some of the initial coaching that you're referring to. But since you didn't go into that program seeking out to become a career coach, then what do you feel like it really was that gave you the confidence to say, yes, this is what I'm going to do? It was, I did CCB. And then I, about three months after starting, considered myself successful in the program because I had finally gained the confidence to say, I know how to get a job. I know how to pivot. I know how to have conversations and get myself into where I want to be. However, I don't know what that is, but I feel like I'm a conversation or a connection or a resume submission away from my dream job. And even though I I can't define what it is, I've become so self-aware and intuitive that I will know it when I see it. And then about a month later, you were starting the coaching certification program and you sent out an email saying this we're going to offer career coaching respond to this if you want to be one of the 20 and so i did and i went to one of your webinars and you described what makes up a career coach and what it requires and i'm like holy cow scott why are you in my head (laughs) (laughs) you know this was what i wanted to be i had no intention of being an entrepreneur But hearing the description and seeing how eerily it matched me was like a light bulb. And I did not admit that I wanted to do it right away. I thought about it. And then just just seeing how much it fit me, it was undeniable that I had to do this. So it sounds like it was a couple of different things then. So going through initially getting that that clarity and not just the introspection part, but really being clear with yourself about what you want and what you need. And then it sounds like after that point, it really allowed you to be able to begin filtering what would be great opportunities for you. And then that it sounds like somewhere along the way that email came along, but it it could have been in the form of many different things, it sounds like. And now that you had at that point, the awareness then you were able to recognize what opportunities could be much, much better. Am I, am I getting that right? That is exactly right. You've gone through a pretty intensive process. I'll be honest that most people, when they're gaining the level of awareness that you have gone through in the course of about a year, usually take like five years to do that. So (laughs) kudos to you. (laughs) I think uh, that should be encouragement that you're heading the right direction at the same time. Since you've moved through this so quickly and since you've made such traction and started coaching, you've gone through an entire program, in this case, the Professional Career Coaching Certification Program, and then started coaching. Since you've gone through this so quickly, what do you feel like qualifies someone to be a career coach? What do you feel like qualifies someone to be a great career coach? What are your thoughts on those? I think that career coaching requires someone to intuitively see patterns in people, see patterns in their personality and patterns in what they're saying and pick up on how they feel about the direction they're going and pick up on where they're not confident and where they need to build their strengths, intuitively pick up on when they should be proud of themselves and celebrate. And to do that to other people, I had to learn how to do that in myself. So that's where I'm such a strong believer in self-awareness is if you don't even know how to see those patterns in yourself to get there in the first place, then I wouldn't know how to coach other people. For the record, I don't know how to coach myself. 
I always need coaches and masterminds and groups. So I'm not saying you can coach yourself into a career because at least for me, that is absolutely not true. But I do think it requires you to have an intuitive filter about yourself and your surroundings and other people. So that's interesting. So it sounds like you are saying that although you feel like you need coaching for yourself, and I feel I very much feel the same way for myself, it also sounds like you feel like that if you didn't have that recognition and that same level of uh, self-awareness or weren't as practiced with that intuition for yourself, then you wouldn't be able to be an effective coach. Is that right? Correct. At least for me, all coaches are different and all coaches have different personalities and probably operate differently. But for me, I'm based so much on feeling and what is my emotional response to this thing? And what is my gut telling me? And it is really important for me personally to be connected to what my gut says. And that's what I use in my coaching with other people. And I try to encourage them to do the same, which means that, I mean, I'm sure not all people operate like that. And that's okay. It just means that I have a really specific tribe of people who need to be willing to connect with themselves emotionally. Well, I think the other thing I'm hearing out of that too is if you have not either been very practiced at that or are not very highly intuitive in that particular area, then coaching could be more challenging in one way or another for you. So not just you, but I mean, you know, people that might be interested in becoming coaches in, in general, I think without one of those two pieces in place and the fact that you really care about making sure that people are getting where they want to go, mm-hmm. then that's just not going to add up to being a great coach or a qualified coach or anything else that we would consider to be a, a really positive thing as it relates to coaching. I would agree, but I think that intuition is only part of it. I think that if someone is not as emotionally connected and is very kind of left brain driven, I think you kind of need both in a sense that a good coach has to see patterns and I operate kind of artistically and emotionally, but there's also solid patterns and keywords and cues to listen for. So for example, I'm good at feeling out how a person sounds when they're talking, but there's also a way to hear and listen and pay attention to the little patterns in what they say. Like sometimes a client will just keep saying the same thing over and over. And if you can pick out that pattern, then I think you can be a career coach. Because like I said, I don't think people can really coach themselves. I think all people really need sometimes is a bird's eye view because they can't see those patterns. What do you feel like has been the hardest thing for you personally? In becoming a career coach? My biggest thing to overcome was the entrepreneurship portion because that was new to my background and it was like that scary thing that nobody talks about. Like it was a monster in the closet and if you don't talk about it, then it doesn't exist. Like that's for other people to handle. It's a, a or like a big scary spider in the other room. You just kind of close the door and call an exterminator because it's not a thing that we do around here. So being an entrepreneur and being exposed to that option was 
a big pill to swallow, so to speak. And and I gave it a try because I like being challenged. And I saw the little clues along the way that led up to entrepreneurship being the right decision for me. Not just something fun to try or a challenge, but there were clues in my past that it was the decision that needed to happen. What were some of those clues? A growing annoyance of bad bosses was one. And there's a lot of bad bosses out there. And there's a way to to look for good bosses and to look for good organizational cultures, which we teach people to find. But what happened with me was I grew tired of not being able to create my own work values and have everyone respect them. I got tired of it not being my place to decide how things are run, basically. Do you think that if you were, we've got a lot of listeners that are going to listen to this. Many of them want to become career coaches. Some of them want to become business owners. Others are not as interested in that portion of it. So what advice would you give to people that are deciding, hey, do I want to pursue this as a coach that's working with other organizations in one capacity or another, whether it be you know, a contract or whether it be as an employee versus going out on your own and creating your own entity in one way or another? How do you think about that? I would ask the person, how long does it take you to feel claustrophobic in your assigned role in workspace. Because I think anybody, when they start working for someone, can enjoy it and like what they do. But for me, I end up getting kind of claustrophobic and antsy when I want to grow and I'm not allowed to grow. And there's organizations out there that can really support growth and learning and shifting to where you want to be. But as a multi-potentialate and someone who likes to pursue my curiosity, I like shifting all the time. I like following when I need to shift. I kind of have a need for things to flow and to follow my curiosity. And if I'm not able to follow what makes me curious and where I want to grow, then I become unhappy. And it seemed like having my own business and defining my own set of values and defining the organization's values was really important to me. Or the alternative was being a contractor and setting up temporary work, which is along the lines of being an entrepreneur, I guess, but kind of entrepreneur-ish, where you still depend on other companies, but you kind of set yourself with the mindset of being a temporary contractor. For example, when companies bring in a consultant. Well, and that's one of the most common ways that I've seen many new coaches begin to move into into the realm, if you will, by having that almost middle ground where it's in some ways in between, you know, going entirely on your own where you're responsible for all of the marketing, all of the sales, all of the all the things that come with some type of business and not in the opposite perspective, in complete employee status, where you know you're not necessarily responsible for the vast majority of those things, and instead very focused in one way or another on just the pieces inside your role. Mm-hmm. That contractor type relationship or contracting 
with an organization or doing that more gig style work, whether it's an ongoing relationship or whether it's you know, short term, seems to be that middle ground. Yeah, I consider that middle ground entrepreneur-ish, which I decided is an official word. It, it now is. You heard <laughs> it here first. And I think that more people are entrepreneur-ish than they give themselves credit for. For example, even though my family is very traditional and has the same role for 30 years, which is awesome. I was always jealous of those people and wished I could do it. But even those, I feel most of them are entrepreneur-ish in a sense of they can be resourceful. And when they need something, they can say, I can flip that. Or, huh, I wonder if you know I could make that and sell it. And I think people are entrepreneur-ish in a sense that they're resourceful. But then I think when you step into full-on entrepreneur is when you trust in your resourcefulness and you embrace it. How has it shaped your life to become a career coach, to be a career coach? It has made me acknowledge everything about myself. And it has made me face what's scary in my life. For example, the uncertainty that a lot of people think of with entrepreneur, but it made me face that. And so it has made me a braver person and a more articulate person and, and someone who learns how to accept people as they are because I've learned to accept me as I am. What's an example of that? Where's a specific time that you can think of or a story that you can think of that, uh, that illustrates that? One of my values is to have fun. And since I connect my business with my life, as Jay-Z says, I'm not a businessman. I'm a business man. I learned <laughs> how in my life, I want to have fun. And then I thought, why the heck can I not make my work fun? And so one example is I made a Facebook group called Gainfully Unemployable. And it's for connecting entrepreneurs who have fun with being an entrepreneur and who just kind of say, you know what? Being an entrepreneur is fun and I kind of do what I want. So it's a place where I like post funny entrepreneur memes and I get to have fun. Love it. What does a day in your life look like now? At this point, you're doing a mixture of different things, right? Right. A day in the life. First of all, I want to preface it with in your CCB program, we do this ideal day exercise. And I took that into visioning how I want to feel in the morning. What am I wearing? What am I doing? Who's around me in the morning? And I realized when I was walking to the bus stop to pick up my kid yesterday that, holy cow, my, a year ago, I came up with this vision of what I wanted my life to look like. And I didn't know I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And now my life looks like that. And it feels like that. And so I want to preface it with, I am extremely proud of my life and getting here. And what my day looks like is I get up and I get my kid off to school and I have the freedom to be there in the morning because elementary school starts, you know, later than a lot of people's work days. And some people have to send their kids to a a before and after school daycare. And I don't have to do that. 
and it feels great. So I get my kid off to school, to the bus stop, and then I get to run with my morning. And I really embrace Daniel Pink's When book. And so I've designed my day around what type of tasks work best for my highest energy and moods and what they require. So I get to do the work in the times that work best for me, which I never got to do in a corporate job. And because I was always dictated by this meeting at this time and help this person at this time. And I'm like, ah, I'm not really aware then. So my work's going to suck. But I get to design my life around which tasks work best. And I have lunchtime mandatory noon to one where I go outside and I exercise and I do something happy because I needed in my business to be able to have freedom in the middle of the day to do what I want go to a coffee shop or walk or bike. And I design that into my life and it makes me happy. And then after that, I do things that require me to not have a kid around. So I wrap up the school day and then at 3.30, I get to put all that down and walk to the bus stop and be fully present for my kindergartner. And that, and it makes me emotional just thinking about it because if I weren't an entrepreneur, that would never happen. I would say I would have to probably have an after school program and he would go to work for seven or whatever hours and then have to go be cared for by someone else for a couple more hours. And I get to be the mom that I never realized I wanted to be. That is super cool. And it also leads me to the next question of for people that were in the same space where you were a while back, where you had realized, hey, here's many of the things that I'm looking for. And potentially career coach could really line up with this, but haven't necessarily made the commitment or haven't necessarily moved down that track. What advice would you give to those people? Brace yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Your word. That's my advice. Because it requires, as you said, it requires an identity switch. And that's something a lot of people aren't willing to face and something that really deep career change and career defining comes into place. So I would say be ready to accept and look at what is scary. Like for me, entrepreneurship was scary. And I just had to say, okay, well, do I even like this? And if I like it, but it's scary, then you just got to do it. I would also say that if you are leaning towards being a career coach, be around other coaches, all that you can, all types of coaches, and sign up for their newsletters and see them on social media and really and really get to know their styles. Because if you're thinking a career coach might be fun or might be what I'm good at, but there's something that isn't quite right for me, maybe you're just not experiencing your style of career coaching. For example, some people focus on, you know, teaching, teaching groups or writing. But what if your style is just being refreshingly honest and having one-on-one conversations? So I would suggest being around all kinds of coaches and to also be around not coachy people that you like as a person. For example, I surround myself with influence from plenty of career coaches, but I'm also reading Mindy Kaling's book called Why Not Me? And it's fun and funny. And I want to be, I want to be a person that has fun. So I got to throw 
personality stuff in the mix too, so that I can combine coaching with who I want to be as a person. So don't learn about coaches, but don't make yourself be that coach. For making a relatively recent transition, if you were looking back and you had what you've done over the course of the last year, you had to do all that in three months. <laughs> uh, let's say that you'd already decided, hey, I want to get into, into career coaching and you wanted to do it over a period of months, not necessarily a year or years that it could take. What would you do to help escalate that process? What would you do to be able to speed that process up and make sure that you're becoming an effective coach and ultimately getting you where you want to go? The fastest way to cut the BS and to cut those things you should be is to ask yourself, what is the one thing that I just want to do right now? And if that answer is eat cake, go eat cake and ask yourself again, what do I just want to do right now? And for me, that answer was, all I want to do right now is have one-on-one coaching conversations. And then it was a light bulb, like, why the heck am I pursuing all these other coaching routes? If all I want to do right now is have one-on-one conversations, then that's the thing I'm going to do. Because you see other coaches, and they have blogs and YouTube videos. And if you define just that one thing, then you kind of cut out everything and you'll probably pivot and you'll probably add things, but getting started, deciding that one focus will really put you in a good direction. You heard it here first, decide that one focus. Hey, thank you so much for making the time and taking the time and coming on and sharing your story. And I have been able to be familiar with it because like I said, well, we got to sit front row as much of this happened for you. However, I'm so glad that we got to share it with, uh, with many other folks that are either growing a career coaching business or in various stages of becoming a career coach or even deciding to become a career coach. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks God. If it wasn't for you, I never, well, I don't know about never, but probably take me a whole lot longer to find my dream job. So Learning the qualities of becoming a coach and matching it to myself has, has been phenomenal. So anybody out there wondering what you need to be a career coach and match it to yourself, that's, that's kind of what you got to do. Just find those, those core qualities. I love it. I, I appreciate it. And I'm so glad that, uh, that you got to find that and we got to play a role. Very cool. Thank you, Scott. Thanks for listening to How to Become a Career Coach. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe in your favorite podcast player. For more resources, go to becomeacareercoach.com. Becoming a Career Coach.